This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. From the diamond, to the clubhouse, to the front office. This is the show that feeds the passion for all Twins fans. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. It's made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Welcome to our Sunday show, coming to you live from beautiful Kauffman Stadium on another lovely day. Partly cloudy skies, warm temperatures. We should be into the 80s again today as the Twins and the Royals wrap up this series and their season-long series. And the Twins looking to avoid being swept in a four-game series for the first time since August of 2016. I'm Corey Provis. We thank you for joining us today on the show and joining us for our program today. Our guest on the telephone today is the Chief Baseball Officer of the Minnesota Twins. Always great to catch up with Derek Falvey. Derek, how are you? I'm well, Corey. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Thank you for your time uh, here today. What do you got planned for this Sunday? Well, it's a beautiful day here back in Minnesota, as all the fans listening are, are experiencing today. So a little bit of family time here uh, and a great, great day. All right, Twins and the Royals one more time. And before we get to how this series has played out, you know, Derek, the, the September numbers aren't pretty, both in terms of wins and losses, and we're seeing some disturbing trends. What do you attribute that to? You know, we've seen struggles offensively. We've seen, you know, a lack of pop in the lineup with some key guys being out. We've seen relief uh, pitchers struggle with walks and also keeping the ball in the ballpark. Overall, your assessment here in September is what? Sure, it's been challenging. And I think the way you've just outlined it identifies some challenges. I mean, certainly we've had uh, we've had some injuries and guys not in the lineup who we we hoped would be for the month of September, continuing to get at bats and progressing. Uh, I think for whatever reason, something that we need to dig into. You know, we've played much better at home overall than in, on the road for the year. And, and coming out of that Yankee series back home, taking two of three from a, a very likely eventual here playoff team, felt really like we were on a good track. You know, certainly, Kansas City has been bit of a thorn in our sides all year and and this series has not gone well but i i am happy to see that there are some young players taking steps forward you know we've seen guys like jake cave you know continue to to, to emerge as somebody who we we believe is going to continue to grow and and be a part of this moving forward we've seen taylor rogers take a step forward in the back of the bullpen and give us some meaningful innings so now those two guys among a few others have really taken a chance to to step forward and build on some progress going through september and also not so much uh, that, that he's a young guy or a new guy, but Robbie Grossman, who's celebrating a birthday today, he's put together a sneaky good season, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he's somebody who started out a little bit slow. I, I think we all saw that at the beginning of the year. Uh, and for those of you who've been around Robbie and you know this, Corey, you know, he's a hard worker. You know, this guy's first one of the first guys to the ballpark every day. He's in the cage nonstop, and he's continuing to try and progress, and I think there are natural ebbs and flows and ups and downs of a season, but Robbie's been somebody in the second half here, along with Jake, that's really fortified an outfield that you know, has had some injuries and some challenges along the way. So I, I am happy to see what, what Robbie's done so far. 
Now, getting back to to the health of this team right now, let's begin with with Miguel Sano, Derek, and Miguel is here. He's he's working on the field at times before the game. He took some batting practice yesterday, but still not in the lineup. Is he close, or and Miguel said before this road trip began that he wants to play again before the season does indeed end. Are you optimistic that that will happen at some point, maybe as early as uh, the Tiger series coming up? You know, I, I am. I'm, I'm hopeful, certainly. I, we've, we've done everything we can around testing, around x-rays and MRIs and otherwise to make sure that after that, that collision there with second base in Houston that initially I think we all had a, we were all collectively holding our breaths. I think that since then we've learned that you know, there's nothing structural. He's in a, he should be in a good place. He continues to just feel some general soreness in, in that area. So we want to make sure that before he gets on the field, he's, he's 100% in the game. But as you've said, he's taking batting practice, he's doing his work. I am hopeful that we see him back on the field before the end of the season. Eddie Rosario back in the lineup tonight, but DHing yet again. Are you optimistic that Eddie will play left field before the season winds down? I think with Eddie, you know, very similarly, with someone who, when you talk about our September performance, clearly we've leaned on Eddie for most of the year, and to lose him earlier this month is is not something that uh, benefited us late here. But Eddie's, you know, he's he's a he's a grinder. He's trying to work through that 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 quad injury and some tightness. And uh, it's certainly something that early on when he got back in the lineup, you know, may have limited him in, in, in running the way he would normally like to. But I think that you know, he's somebody who is now in the lineup, someone we need and is progressing offensively. I, I think we'll take that day to day with left field, but I would anticipate seeing him back out there before the end of the season. Yeah, Mitch Garver is, uh, is out right now with a concussion that he sustained during that uh, final game with the Yankees back on Wednesday. And Mitch is still here and he's uh, being monitored, that we know. But with the Twins right now carrying just two healthy catchers, even though Mitch is not on the concussion DL, which is not maybe too surprising, Derek, considering that we're in the month of September. Any thoughts about adding a third catcher right now to join Jimenez and Astadio without knowing how long uh, Mitch may be out? You know, it's something Paul and I have talked a lot about, and certainly a, a consideration for us. You know, we'll, keep, we'll keep in contact with our other options and uh, consider some things internally. It's a conversation we had just last night. So we feel like Mitch is progressing in a good direction here, and I think he wants to be back on the field here in the short term. Uh, we're now down to what two catchers, which is the pretty normal way of playing it for most of the months of the season. But we'll, we'll certainly be prepared in the event that we need to go get another guy. Would those options be if you look within? Do you go with guys who are maybe down in Florida right now, prepping instructional before the fall league begins? Would those be some first internal options as opposed to maybe some experienced guys who have maybe shut down their baseball after their minor league season ended? Well, I think it's a combination. I think you can you can certainly look at internal players and consider whether or not that's the right time for those guys to go on the roster. Uh, but also, you know, some of those veteran guys you talk about, they're not that far removed from playing. And certainly when we, we think about a third catcher, you know, the, the frequency of at-bats, um, it's not something that we couldn't allow for somebody to get ramped up to speed relatively quickly. So all part of the equation, you know, something we're thinking about down in, in Florida as well as, uh, as, as what we have uh, through more experienced guys as well. All right, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll dive into Joe Mauer discussion, also medical updates on Michael Pineda, Urban Santana, among other subjects that we will discuss here with Derek Falvey, and more discussion about the opener and primary pitcher the Twins have used so far. We'll see more of that coming up in the Tiger Series beginning tomorrow night. Inside Twins rolls on a lovely day in Missouri right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. 
Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with you from Kauffman Stadium. Twins Chief Baseball Officer Derek Falvey joins us on the telephone here today. And Derek, going back to our first segment, we dove into some injury discussion. Let's uh, kind of connect that now with segment two. Michael Pineda had knee surgery this week. Let's get an update on that from you, but also any more clarity as to what's next for Irvin Santana. Sure, sure on, on both fronts. And, you know, as you were talking about injuries, it made me think, I, I'm not sure which position we haven't referenced an injury on this year over the course of our, <laughs> yeah. our show for these months, and that's just a, a challenging element of this. But Michael Michael certainly uh, was progressing really well back uh, in, in terms of his recovery from his Tommy John surgery. His arm's in a good place. Uh, it's something that we, that's first and foremost our concern. He developed some knee soreness, uh, some general pain, and when we took a look at it, in a little bit of a slight meniscus tear, something that probably has been uh, developing in his career over time. Nothing, nothing acute or that happened momentarily at any point. So, you know, he, rather than let us go through the off season and, and just hope we could kind of manage that pain, they went in and did a, a meniscectomy, which is a, a really uh, smaller of the procedures that you could do on a knee. Uh, and and he, he should be back up and, and going in about six weeks. So, uh, we feel like he's in a good place for his off season. This has always been about 2019 with Michael. So. Uh, we anticipate a, a normal normal winter uh, once he gets past this recovery and, and into spring training. And what about Irvin Santana, Derek? And Irvin Santana is certainly another guy who's dealt with you know, a lot of challenges over the course of the full season. You know, when you think about where his finger was and what we had hoped coming out of that initial surgery, it just clearly has uh, not transpired. So Irvin has, has gone through a, a series of additional checks and evaluating different ways to, uh, to, to get his finger in the right place moving forward. We do not anticipate him throwing. Uh, the remainder of the year here with a few short weeks weeks left. We're just focused on what he can do in the long term you know, from a rehab standpoint and otherwise to, to focus on his career moving forward. Yeah, sticking with pitching now for a segment and leaving the injury topic alone, we, we've seen now the Twins go with an opener and primary pitcher a handful of times, but then we've also seen the Twins piggyback now twice with Chase DeYoung and also Zach Littell. For those listening right now, can you explain the differences and the strategies behind opener primary as opposed to the piggyback option we've seen now with the young and Latell after two turns well I, I think the, let's talk first about that piggyback option you know those are two guys who uh, are reaching really the limits of what they've thrown in terms of innings in the minor leagues in their careers and I think that as we looked at September our goal has been you know given where we are in the standings to continue to grow this team to develop young players to give experiences to those who we think are have a chance to impact us moving forward. And I think in, in Chase and Zach, we have the ability to manage their innings a little bit by pairing them up and certainly then allowing uh, our bullpen to take over what's remaining in each of those games. Just a way to get those guys major league experience, you know, get them innings, but also not stretch them well past the limits of, of what they've done historically. With respect to the opener, you know, that's a, a concept certainly that's gotten a lot of um, interest this year. Uh, it's been a consideration for us. Uh, it's something we've studied and other clubs have studied. We're not alone in, in looking at this. But at the end of the day, our job is to just find ways to prevent runs you know, from our pitching staff. And if we can find ways to do that by uh, by starting a game with a with a high-leverage reliever who has a chance to attack the top of the order and give ourselves a chance with our starting pitcher following that to go a little bit deeper, it's something we're, we're exploring, not committed to in every spot, as you've seen. But uh, we want to find ways to just explore getting better, and, and this is one chance to do that in the final month of the season. Derek, one more thought on that before we take our next break. So as you go into the off season and you start to communicate with, with free agents and, and other agents and even other teams for possible trades, 
And I'm sure that agents and maybe even players are going to be curious about the idea of going with openers and primary pitchers moving forward, how that may impact their clients. How do you plan on addressing that with those potential pitchers this offseason and the role that they may have come 2019? Uh, that's a great question, I, you know, and I think that's something that we've always been transparent about that with our players and talking about the rationale as to why you know, our guys in the clubhouse know different reasons for it and, and in many ways are supportive. So I think that we, it would be no different for an external player. We'd always want to consider uh, having that conversation with the player. Again, this is not something we are uh, we aspire to do across the board. It's something that we are learning from during this period of time. I, I think the game has evolved every decade, and you know, there once was a time when one-inning closers didn't exist, and, and now you know, there may be a time when there's a, a new type of pitching role that, that we're starting to see. So these are things that uh, we're going – we're committed to finding ways to get our, our pitching better ultimately, and we know we need to do that, and this is just one avenue to do so, and we'll always be transparent about that. All right, good stuff there from Derek Falvey. We'll take a break, come back, have more of our Sunday show from Kansas City next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with you from Kauffman Stadium, gearing up for the fourth and final game of this series. Twins and the Royals, one more time here in 2018. The pitching matchup will feature Kyle Gibson for the Twins and Jacob Junis opposing for the Royals. And Derek, I do want to spend some time on Kyle Gibson before we wrap up the show, but first... You know, Joe Maurer's name is, certainly is, is is important, and as I wrote out the lineup today, Joe's not playing, but uh, wondering, and I'm sure many are, if Joe has played his last game in Kansas City, and that uh, may be the same for other ballparks he has visited throughout the 2018 season. Uh, even Joe has begun to discuss this with reporters about the future. We don't have any clarity yet, but do you anticipate this being resolved either before the end of the year or early in the offseason as to whether or not Joe comes back for 2019? Well, I think I, you just spoke about a lot of things that we view you know, Joe to be in, in terms of the importance of this franchise, to this region, uh, who he is as a person. You know, I've gotten a chance to know him uh, on a personal level over the last couple of years, and it's a very special special person that we should all enjoy watching for as long as you know he continues to play. I, I think he's addressed what he feels is most appropriate publicly that he just wants to give this some thought and really digest where he, where he stands at the end of the year. We, we certainly support that with Joe. I've had that conversation with him already. So and we'll continue to, to support him as he, as he takes uh, really his last month of at bats here and, and processes what, lo- what he looks for moving forward in, in his life at this stage. And as you begin along with, with Thad and ownership, you begin to assemble your off-season plans, is that an important domino to at least know in which direction both you and, and I guess most importantly, Joe, will be going? Is that a key piece of the puzzle before you can do other things? I think it, it's certainly a piece. It's something we need to be prepared for either way. This, one thing I know about Joe Maurer is you know, he cares as much about the Minnesota Twins as, as any person have been around in this organization. And I, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure that Joe is only going to put the team first ultimately uh, in terms of timing and communication. So I would anticipate resolution to that earlier in the offseason and, and something that after he gets a chance to get through the end of the year uh, certainly can process his next steps in, in due time. Kyle Gibson will make the start today for the Twins, his 30th start, despite the fact uh, the wins and losses uh, don't tell me a whole lot. ERA is really good. The innings, the strikeouts, as Kyle's put together, a really good season. Going back to your your five-minute meeting that you had with Kyle before 2017, what steps has he taken to reach this point? Because he has certainly had his best big league season by far. 
No doubt. Uh, Kyle continues to mature as a pitcher, uh, you know, it, and really understands how to use his stuff. I think back to the middle of last year when you know, he was at a difficult turning point in his career and having that conversation and really opening up around what we thought was best for Kyle moving forward and his adaptation of some of those ideas and willingness to, to grow and develop, even though he was a little bit into his career, I think speaks volumes about who he is as a, as a player and a competitor. And uh, I'm excited to see him finish out a really strong season here and continue to build on it for the future. Uh, we'll take our last break, come back, and wrap up our Sunday show next on your home for Twins Baseball. Last few minutes of our Sunday show, Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Wrapping up our show with Derek Falvey. And you hit on something there at the end of that last segment about Gibson and player development. And we've seen some breakthroughs, haven't we, Derek, this season with some of this young personnel. Cole Stewart comes to mind. Generally speaking, are you seeing more of that with player development, but also on the other side, getting players to maybe buy in, but also even ask about how they can reach the big leagues if they're not there yet, or just other strategies to help them keep them in the show. Yeah, it's been it's been exciting this year in the minor leagues. I know that's a little bit away from here in Minnesota where we've had a trying year, but to see you know the Elizabethan team, Cedar Rapids team, Fort Myers team all make the playoffs, two of those making winning championships, we're seeing growth and development throughout our minor league system. And you mentioned guys like Cole and others who have trans- transitioned to the big leagues. Those guys have taken real steps and strides. They're not where they ultimately want to be in the long term, but I am confident that we have a bright future ahead of us with these guys continuing to grow and develop. The organizational meetings, correct me if I'm wrong, after last season were pushed back to around January. Are you projecting the same calendar for that, or could this happen, uh, you know, I guess before the calendar flips to 2019? Well, well, we'll continue to evaluate different organizational meetings. Some years they'll be more in full. Some years they'll be a, a bit more targeted toward our instructional league approach or scouting. So we, we will certainly have more more of our meetings. We just fo- finished up our pro scouting meetings to focus on this off season and free agency already. So we're we're well on our way to planning for 2019 and beyond. And I, I am I'm excited about the group that we're continuing to build. Yeah, no doubt about that. Because the farm system too has gotten significantly better with all the trades, Derek, that uh, that the team made. Uh, in July, even some into August, the farm system vastly improved from where it was a year ago at this time? It, it feels it is, and, and, we're, and we're excited about that. I know that's not today in Minnesota, but that is the pipeline to building uh, sustainable winning, and, and we are focused on that, and we'll continue to do so to put this organization in the best position possible to win. All right, Derek, as always, we thank you for your time today. Go enjoy the day with your family, and we'll see you when the team is uh, back home following uh, this upcoming uh, long trip. Thanks for having me, Corey. Uh, we thank Derek Falvey for being our guest here on our Sunday show. A lot to uh, discuss there, which we will get into throughout our game broadcast here today. We are just getting started for our Sunday programming as we will take a break here momentarily. And Chris is standing by with today's pregame show, the Adana Realty pregame show at the bottom of the hour. And then we'll have Game 4, Twins and the Royals one more time at 1.15 on a perfect day for baseball here in Kansas City. Kyle Gibson, 7-13. and 13. And righty Jacob Junis opposing for the Royals. And Junis, a uh, guy that struggled at times earlier in the year, but not right now. He is really throwing well since the All-Star break. Junis in 10 starts as an ERA 
of 2.83 compared to an ERA over five that he was posting before the All-Star break. As for Kyle Gibson, August wasn't great. ERA over five. The only month this season where Gibson's ERA was in the fours, if not fives. Well, so far in September, two starts, really good numbers, a 2-1-3 ERA, and hopefully more of the same coming up here in Game 4. So Gibson and Junis, Game 4 coming up momentarily from Kansas City. So we thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned. The Adina Realty pregame show with Chris Atterbury is coming up next right here on your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, it's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.